0: Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun! Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. You are
3: looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on Veasan Prime Time. We
4: are off and running on a Wednesday afternoon here in Las Vegas. Wednesday evening for those folks back on the East Coast. That gentleman right there, Jeff Parles, sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray. It is VEASAN PRIME TIME, presented by BetMGM. A lot to get to. Uh, We will have your bettable and forgettables in just a moment. Eric Eager, our good friend who breaks it all down. A new gig on the horizon for our good friend Eric Eager. Uh, he will join us in his normal Wednesday spot. Uh, we will chat with uh, chat with Jonathan Von Tobel from Vison in the four o'clock Pacific hour, and uh, we will also head to the state of Nebraska. Uh, I don't know if our producer Britton Hess is the one who booked us this guest, but we will get the latest on uh, what's the feel, what's the vibe. Because I'll tell you this, Jeff, right now the professional money is moving that number down and down and down, where we sit here at circa. That game opened over on Sunday at 16 and is now moved down to 11 and a half. So you've seen four and a half points moved in favor of the team that just fired their head coach.
5: You think the market didn't like Scott Frost, Tim? You think that? No, I mean, that's it's. we've seen it in other sports. we see it in professional sports more so than collegiate sports because it's rarer that we see an in-season canning. In collegiate sports, but that is that is the classic fired coach angle. And well, by the way, it's it's been a while since Oklahoma's made that trek to Lincoln as well.
4: Well, and you also got to remember, uh, and we'll dive into this more as the show goes on. Nebraska, while they were horrific record-wise last year, three and nine straight up, four and one ATS as a dog, and. Uh, a double-digit dog. Look, no, Scott Frost couldn't win games, but he could lose close games. He's great at that, Tim. And he did a lot of. He did a lot of that. Uh, I believe five <laughs> and twenty-three was the final mark for one-score games for Scott Frost. Does that sound about right, Britton? Britton, by the way, our our proud uh, our proud producer, who is a Nebraska alum. So he's just hoping that uh, Matt Campbell will come on down from Ames, Iowa, to be the next head coach of Nebraska. As I got a boo. In my ear, wrong, oh,
5: wrong, wrong, wrong big 12 coach, Tim. <laughs>
4: We're looking at uh, Lance Leipold, yeah. I would That's say your that, guy,
5: that would, that would be my guy. That's your guy. I mean, I, I
4: yeah. like Lance Leipold. What I mean, anyone who can win seven three seven division three national championships is cool with me. Pretty good coach, pretty good coach. Uh, and uh, looked pretty sharp last weekend going to West Virginia and winning that game in overtime. So, a lot to get to once again. Sean uh says he's under the weather. Uh, but I think the real reason, and we all know it, and our good friend Cody Decker tweeted out as much, uh, the Cincinnati Reds were officially eliminated from oh, playoff no. contention today. So <laughs> I think that's the real reason that Sean King has, uh, is not here, uh, for those who may not be aware, uh, Sean and I, well, more so Sean, uh, there you go. There's your tweet, uh, Reds have been eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> um, Sean got this crazy idea when the Reds—what did they start, Jeff? Three and twenty-two. Three and
5: twenty-two.
4: To go ahead and bet them because there was one better out there who I want to say put like a thousand dollars on them to win the NL Central. So Sean thought it would be fun to bet the Reds, and I said, you know, instead of lighting money on fire, why don't you go upstairs to, you know victory burger. Get yourself a burger and beer. (laughs) Or, you know, instead of donating your money to a a sports book, donate it to a charitable cause. Uh, So we had a couple side bets. Uh, I obviously have won both of those side bets. So that's probably why he is here with the official elimination of the Cincinnati Reds.
5: That's the easiest money or whatever you may be getting on the side bets uh, that you could
4: possibly have won. Yes, it was. Uh, We call them cigar bets on this show. Sean will say he did win last year, which is true. And uh, I took a I took a belief in Purdue that they would not lose the St. Peter's outright. I gave them seven to one odds, and uh, of course St. Peter's did beat Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen. So that was my downturn last year. But it's a new year, and uh, we will be smarter, like betting anything against the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, get well, get well soon, there, Sean. Uh, but Jeff Parle is sitting in for us here tonight on. Vis primetime. So, Jeff, let's get to bettable or forgettable, how we start each and every show here on Vis Prime primetime. And we'll start with history being made, well, sort of, in the Motor City. The Detroit Lions, the talk of the offseason, are a favorite for the first time in 24 games. The last time they were a favorite, November 22nd, 2020. They lost that game, by the way, to the Carolina Panthers, 20 to nothing. Now, there has been some movement, actually, in favor of the Commanders. Uh, this, I would say, last 12 hours of show. This was up at 2.5. It has been bet back down to 1.5. But if you looked at the look-ahead lines, this game was actually a pick uh, And now it is Detroit 1.5. So, bettable or forgettable that the fighting Dan Campbells, who got that backdoor cover last weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles, Jeff, Bettable or forgettable that the Lions are a favorite for the first time in 24 games?
5: To my dismay, they
4: got in the back door last yeah. week. That blew up a uh, last man
5: standing entry for oh, me. Oh, Ble- Blew up uh, a contest uh, pick, whatever, regardless. We should know. They're very good at falling down 17 and then coming back and covering. We know that for Detroit. You know what? This is bettable. Even at, again, this open pick, so we did miss the best of it. But I wasn't surprised that this moved to two and a half because – Washington won a game last week where Carson Wentz turned it over three times. Carson Wentz does that again against Detroit. I don't see how the Lions don't win this game unless if Jared Goff does what he did last week and throw a pick six to basically blow that game wide open at the time for the Philadelphia Eagles. But but Tim, I I thought all the Lions hype was nonsense. Mm -hmm. I thought six and a half was a perfectly fine number for them. Underseason win total, they were correctly an underdog against Philadelphia, even though they ended up covering all numbers when it was all said and done. And, Tim, your your old neck of the woods team, the Washington Commanders were my favorite underplay this year on the season win total. I got an 8.5 before that number uh, jumped to 7.5, and and I thought that was a proper move. But this is
4: bettable at 1.5 on the Detroit Lions. Um I, this might be a game, it would be a, a teasable game to get Washington up to 7.5, even though the total at 48.5 is on your higher side. Uh, but I would probably stay off this game because I agree with you in that I felt like the the hype train of Detroit was getting out of control. You know, Our, our guest at the bottom of the hour, Eric Eager, will get his thoughts on this game. He is all at, about hashtag restore the roar. I think they're on the right path, you would think. I can't get behind a team that has a quarterback in Jared Goff all that much. That being said, Carson Wentz is on the other side. Um, You know, I I do think the Lions probably get the win here. You look at some early look-ahead lines. It was actually Washington minus two and a half over the summer. Those get pulled down. They get reposted after week one. They were a pick, and then some smart money clearly coming in early on Detroit. So uh, you're on the Lions laying the short price at home. Bettable or forgettable as the injury news keeps on coming out. Starting cornerback for the New York football Giants, fresh off their win down in Tennessee, albeit a bit fortunate thanks to a missed kick. It, but, however, uh, Aaron Robinson is out for week two, had his appendix removed this week, a third-round pick in 2021. Remember, James Bradbury, now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, a cap casualty over the summer. So the depth at corner may be a bit questionable as Aaron Robinson out for week number two. The Giants, a short home favorite against the Carolina Panthers. Jeff, bettable or forgettable, the New York Giants starting corner, one of their starting corners, Aaron Robinson, will be out due to his appendix being removed.
5: I would lean towards forgettable here. This does feel like a teaser play on Carolina if you want to get him through all the way to eight. That seems pretty good. This feels like a one-score game either way, but I'm not really sure which way that one-score game is going to end up. Look, Carolina was nearly almost as fortunate as the Giants. It took a bomb from Kate York from 58 yards to beat Carolina in that pretty frantic comeback in the fourth quarter for the Panthers. And then the Giants, again, I was impressed with what we saw in the second half with the big blue. Brian Dable did more good things than any head coach has done for the Giants since Coughlin was there. So – Uh, This is forgettable, though. That number feels about right. If anything, maybe a teaser play shifting Carolina through the six and the seven.
4: Uh, Forgettable for me as well. Uh, It is a starting corner, certainly notable, but I would not say it's something that will move the line. I don't think you'll see movement in this line based solely off of the absence of a starting cornerback and a Dory Jackson there on the other side. I think a solid corner as well. Uh, You know, just sticking with the Giants, though, I mean, Saquon Barkley, uh, I know. I think our colleague Matt Brown on mm-hmm. uh, Vison's Final Countdown said Saquon for Comeback Player of the Year was a bet that he made heading into the season. Well, certainly a good start for that uh, road as he went 18 of 164. Uh, he was tremendous. Hopefully for Saquon and Giants fans, he can continue to stay healthy. Uh, but very impressive. But the starting corner, one of the starting corners for the Giants being out. Eh, uh, I'm not all that. Uh, not all that crazy. Uh, over, We do have some comeback player of the year uh, uh, odds up there, uh, courtesy of BetMGM. Um, I have a ticket on Jameis Winston. I also have a ticket on Brian Robinson. Uh, I still believe that if Brian Robinson, who, by the way, was uh, seen riding the bike on, uh, on the sidelines today at commander's practice, just 17, 17 days removed of getting shot in a uh, attempted uh, carjacking, I really believe it's a narrative award. If Brian Robinson gets back on the field, Jeff, as a member of the Washington Commanders after getting shot in the preseason, I think this award goes to him. But that's just my two cents. Saquon Barkley certainly off to a great start after missing the majority of last year.
5: I think it would it would depend on how well True. Saquon. And I'll also throw Michael Thomas in there. He was tremendous. Who looked very impressive in the second half. For New Orleans, I actually think that's the better of the New Orleans guys on that board with him and Jameis. Michael Thomas is a better bet at 8-1 than Jameis at 6-1 to one at this point.
4: Then. All right, we have uh, one more quick, bettable, forgettable. The Chiefs they will be without their starting kicker, Harrison Butker, tomorrow night. Uh, we saw all the issues with kickers uh, this past weekend. So no Harrison Butker tomorrow night, Keenan Allen also out for the Chargers. Bettable or forgettable, Jeff?
5: Keenan Allen means more to me than, than Amendola here, so bettable, but on the Keenan
4: Allen side here. Thanks. All right, we are up and running. That is Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. He's sitting in for Sean King this week. We take a look at our top four on a Wednesday next right here on Beeson Prime Time.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going to guard. And then on I'm top not of that. like that, see that? Ladies
3: and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears.
1: <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I he's going to withdraw us about
3: winning. Remember
1: you what know? I told you? I said, I said OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't need
3: it. Ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside Jeff Parle, sitting in for Sean King today, I am Tim Murray. It is V-CIN Primetime, presented by BetMGM. We will talk to Eric Eager, get his thoughts on the Week 2 NFL slate. I know he has some thoughts on a big one in the Philadelphia, Minnesota at Philadelphia on Monday night should be. What a game should be an entertaining one right now. Just taking a look at the at that line. Uh, It is Philadelphia laying two against the Minnesota Vikings on the road on a Monday night.
5: Arguably the two most impressive teams in the NFC from a week ago.
4: Uh, I know Minnesota or Philadelphia certainly questions defensively. Uh, but that was a team that I've been high on all offseason. I'm not the only one. There were plenty of people here at the network who uh, who were all over them, was able to grab a 275 to win the division. So I'll just sit back. What a and ticket! it. I'll be happy with that. Uh, didn't anticipate Dak Prescott breaking his thumb in week one. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get lucky with injuries. Sometimes you get unlucky. And for our uh, fellow uh, Dallas Cowboy fans here at the network, Dave Ross, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep betting the Cowboys and we'll see what happens. But hey.
5: – you win some, you lose some. You thing, do. Right? That is,
4: and when you're a Cowboys fan, you you lose often. But, you know, it's, it's the way it rolls. All right. Every every Wednesday on the show for the past couple of weeks, we've been giving out our top college football teams, uh, our top four. And it, I, we we have prefaced it. It is not a prediction. It is who we believe right now is the top four. So that's why I gave Sean such a hard time when he put Baylor in there. And then certainly, wouldn't you know, Baylor lost his past weekend and won me. A couple cigars with with Sean. Um, so we will get Sean's top four, but Jeff is the newbie. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, give us your number four team in the country. I get to
5: start off with a bang here.
4: Let's do it. The Kentucky Wildcats coming to number four for me,
5: coming off of a very impressive win without their running back Rodriguez. Who we're going to see at the beginning of October, which yep. is big for them because the schedule is pretty soft these next two weeks. And no, oh by the way a trip to Oxford on the 1st of October so it'll be good to have Chris Rodriguez Jr back for that one but look i i'm i'm in the camp of Mark Stoops is a very good to great coach mm-hmm. that just doesn't get his due because he's coaching at the basketball school of basketball schools and kentucky has been a consistent 8 9 games a year winner and now they finally have the quarterback will levis is legit he is a, an excellent quarterback and to me, all those hits that he took last week showed the grit and the grind that he has on top of all the skill set that he has at that quarterback position. And that is a very good defense as well. And the way the schedule breaks, Tim, if they get past Oxford, they have the road game in Neeland mm-hmm. which will be a difficult test, but I think their defense will be up for it. I think they're going to be undefeated going into that showdown against Georgia in, ne- in the next to last week of the season. Now, I don't expect them to beat Georgia, but they're going to have a chance to be 10-0, and and they may even be in the number four ranking if they're 10-0 at that point of the year. So I'm on Kentucky as the fourth-best team right now, and I actually think that's going to hold up for a little bit.
4: Yeah, next two weeks, Youngstown State from the FCS, Northern Illinois, Uh, and then, as you mentioned, a road trip to Ole Miss, Chris Rodriguez to return, two two home games. The Mississippi State game could be a tricky one, Mm -hmm. middle of October, and then, as you mentioned, on October 29th, a road trip to Neyland Stadium to take on the Vols before finishing up SEC play against Georgia so uh you know I I don't have that big of an issue with Kentucky uh impressive team Sean preseason was very high on uh, on Big blue Nation all right number three for you
5: now we get uh, we get a little more uh little, a little Normal. more generic here number three is Ohio State or excuse me number three is Alabama I should say Ohio State and Alabama might as well have been two three sure in, in any order was fine with me it was almost flip a coin on Alabama and Ohio State I I, I Alabama will end up being better than Ohio State, Tim. But as of this moment, the one thing that alarmed me in that game, more so than the penalties, Texas's wide receivers won a lot against Alabama's defensive backs when Ewers was in the game. That is a little bit alarming when you're starting to see more talent later in the season as the schedule gets a little more difficult. But I have Alabama slightly behind Ohio State at the moment, but I do anticipate and Alabama will hop Ohio State, who is currently number two. I don't think that means, needs much of an explanation. Still in the lead offense. Defense is going to be better, as we saw uh, in the first two weeks with Knowles there, uh, instead of Kerry Coombs as a defensive coordinator. And then number one, very easy, the defending champions of Georgia, who, of course, blasted Oregon in week one and didn't really have to put any effort last week against Sanford. They hop to number one for me, along with uh, every single voter in the country. It felt like putting them at number one
4: in the eight people. Yeah, I mean, you've seen flaws uh, at least a little bit in both Ohio State and Alabama to this point. Uh, Alabama certainly last week. So we'll get to my top four. Not a whole lot of movement. Uh, Preseason, I had a really hard time figuring out who was worthy of number four. And ultimately, I landed on the Michigan Wolverines. And I've stayed true with that. Michigan hasn't been tested yet. I totally recognize that. Colorado State and Hawaii are, are, as people would say, tomato cans. They play another one in UConn. No no offense to uh, Jim Mora Jr. and what he's got going there after they got uh, beat up pretty good by Syracuse this past week. But the right quarterback starting, J.J. McCarthy. uh, And now an opportunity after this week. You'll get that home game and big noon kickoff against Maryland where they'll have a chance to light them up. Uh, Because Maryland doesn't play defense all that well, and then a road trip to Iowa. But the schedule, as we talked about yesterday with the mall, Jeff shapes up really well. Where in college football, as we saw this past week with Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, you know all these big name top twenty-five teams getting knocked off as you know almost three touchdown favorites. I know anything can happen, but I really like to where the Michigan program's at. I do think JJ McCarthy is the uh, better quarterback than Cade McNamara. And uh, I think we'll see them continue to thrive, certainly with the steps back we've seen from the likes of Iowa, who's inept offensively, Nebraska, who knows what we're going to get from them. And uh, they get both Penn State and Michigan State at home this year, which I think really makes out well for the Wolverines to potentially be 11-0 and heading into Thanksgiving weekend against Ohio State.
5: Well, that game on the 1st of October, that looked like it would be a difficult one in Iowa City against Iowa. It's only going to take 13 points to win that game for Michigan, and they should be able to do
4: that against the Hawkeyes. You would think. You would think. We will see uh, We will see. come October 1st if that thing gets weird uh, there it, at Kinnick Stadium. Number three is Ohio State for me. Uh, I was very high, still to an extent high on Ohio State this year. Have a lot of money invested in them winning their portion of the, the Big Ten. Uh, have a lot of money invested in them going over 10.5 wins. I, I'm just not too worried right now when it comes to Ohio State. They're getting health back. Uh, You're supposed to see Jackson Smith and Jigma returning this week uh, for the Buckeyes. So they'll start to figure things out. Um, I really have no worries. They play Toledo this weekend. I anticipate a lot of points. We actually saw the market start to tick up on the over a little bit today uh, with that Ohio State-Toledo game. So I think as time goes on, you know, Ohio State will continue to trend upwards. Uh, But I couldn't have them jump Alabama in my rankings, Jeff, because – Look, Alabama still went on the road and beat Texas, while that Ohio State win over Notre Dame doesn't look as good anymore. <laughs> now, whether that's fair or not, I mean, that's just the way it is. So still have Alabama at number two. Actually, I moved them down from number one to number two. Uh, you know, for you, you mentioned, you know, the corners for Alabama. I was kind of the, the flip side. I thought the wide receivers for Alabama, there was, there was a lot to be desired. I thought Texas's corners did a really good job on them. I would like Bill O'Brien to get Jameer Gibbs the ball a lot more. Uh, he was the only one who kind of looked like he had a, an extra gear on Saturday in Texas. So they're fortunate to get out of there. And then like you, number one, Georgia, uh, they have looked apart so far. Uh, their biggest test, unlike Alabama and Ohio State, who did not cover, got the wins, but did not cover against Notre Dame and Texas, respectively, Georgia went out as a Seventeen-point favorite and won by forty-six. So Georgia, rightfully so, is the number one team this week, and uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling against South Carolina on the road on Saturday.
5: And the forty-six was not indicative to how big of a beatdown it was, Tim. That's the that's the ridiculous part of that win against Oregon in
4: Week One. All right. So Sean is not here, but we will see uh, what Sean's top four is. I would imagine uh, the Baylor Bears have been removed. So there you go. Uh, As I like to say. Or steal a phrase from him. Hey, genius is lonely. I've had Michigan there the whole time, and now he agrees that Michigan is there. However, no Ohio State, and he puts USC up to number two. Uh, he's blinded by the the flash as a former quarterback would. Jeff, yes, they score a lot of points. They played Rice. They played Stanford. Uh, we'll see how they play this weekend. They they should beat Fresno State. They're a twelve point favorite, uh, but you know, I think USC. A lot to be desired defensively. I'm not getting fooled by these eight turnovers. Uh, I still have a lot of questions with them on the defensive side of the ball.
5: It's not this week. It's next week against Oregon State in a game that eight people
4: will be able to watch, Tim. Why? Why is that game? (laughs) You know what? I digress. We don't have to talk about that. We will talk some NFL. Will the Detroit Lions take care of business a week? Their number one fan, Eric Eager, will join us next right here on v Primetime.
3: time with Tim Murray and Sean King on VZ, the sports betting
4: network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VZIN show hosts and guests, 24/7 video season prep including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game All season long pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game, sign up on our discounted football special and get VEASAN pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription to bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Alongside Jeff Parles, who's sitting in for Sean King, I am Tim Murray. We head to bring in our weekly visitor, uh, his Twitter handle, at PFF underscore Eric. It is Eric Eager, who is uh, in a a bit of a transitional phase there, Mr. Eager. Congratulations uh, to you, sir. I knew a new opportunity on the horizon, so I know it was a, a heartfelt message you put out there to your family at pff but congrats my friend and uh looking forward to what's next
2: yeah i am too um i love pff i love what they've uh they've done for me um it was time uh to, to move on to different things but uh but yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to continue to talk football well the, the best thing as you just said right
4: there for anybody worried eric is still committed to visa in prime time throughout the football season so let's get it rolling because i know you'll still be firing no matter who's employing you you're going to be firing on these games and uh your detroit lions may have not got the win but got the backdoor cover uh on sunday against the philadelphia eagles that is what dan campbell does now the restore the roar squad is a favorite for the first time in 24 games they're laying a point and a half against my washington commanders and i say my with uh air quotes up there. Uh, what are your expectations on Sunday in Detroit with the Lions
2: laying a point and a half? Yeah, and, and frankly, Tim, I think the Lions won Sunday because, you know, Dak Prescott, who's on their schedule in four or five short weeks, uh, you know, it went down with an injury. So uh, this is not the last time the Lions are going to be favored. Now, um, you know, Washington was actually pretty good against Jacksonville. I thought Scott Turner did a fantastic job uh, getting Curtis Samuel the ball getting uh, Jahan Dots in the ball, and in the biggest moment, getting Terry McLaurin the ball. Uh, Antonio Gibson probably played his best game since he was a rookie, um, and the defense was okay. Uh, they gave up a little stuff at the end there, and, and Wentz, of course, turned the ball over a little some. But you know, this is a perfect teaser, right? Like this one, you look at this one, you look at the Giants being favored by two and a half against Carolina. Uh, you tease those two games up, uh, and, and look, if, if the Lions win by more than one score, you just have to charge it to the game, right? So... That that's kind of how I see this. So this is very much a, a good teasable play uh, for the Washington Commanders. Um, make Detroit win by multiple scores uh, and, and pay for it if it happens. Frankly, um, I, I do agree with them being favored, but but uh, you know it, we 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 just have not seen the Dan Campbell team installed in this spot. Well, I want to get to that real quick, and and I know um, Jeff's going to
4: jump in on the Vikings and Eagles. But you mentioned teasers. I would say this isn't the most teasable board, especially the way you and I like to do it, which is tease up. You know those underdogs. So Washington jumped out to me, decently high total, 48. You know nowadays, but still I think doable. And I agree with you. That was the one that was really ringing to me. You mentioned the Carolina Panthers on the road, pretty low total. Uh, what about Cincinnati on the road at Dallas? Cooper Rush there. You get this down to one and a half. Uh, most seven and a half's out there with a total of of forty one. So your preference would be Carolina up to eight as opposed to Cincinnati down to one one and a half.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that um, you know we you know it, it's going to be hard for the Bengals to start out zero and two and get to where they want to this year, especially given how hard their schedule is down the stretch. Um, so yeah, I mean in theory. Uh, you know, you could tease them down, but that wasn't a great strategy this week. If you tease yep. you know Indianapolis down, if you tease Cincinnati down, if uh, you, even if you tease uh, you know, so, uh, it just wasn't a great strategy for people. Um, you know you, what we like to do is get through the three, get through the seven, and and hopefully the eight. In many cases, you're not getting that uh, with the with the Bengals pick now that's back down. If you like the Bengals enough to tease them down to minus one and a half, just just lay the points with them. I think. Uh, this week, um, especially given um, you know the variance that that the Bengals give rise to, we saw it this week. For, you know, a bunch of turnovers for Joe Burrow. Um, Dallas Cowboys, a defense that generates turnovers, and that's really their only shot in this game. If you don't think that they're going to be able to, and you think that Cincinnati takes care of the football, they should be able to cover that game pretty easily.
5: It feels like uh, a game where the variance is going to flip back uh, positively for Cincinnati. Of you course, would you would hope after a five turnover <laughs> uh, bonanza from Burrow on sunday Uh, eric let's go to the second monday night game the final game of the card this week and it is a darn good one between arguably the two most impressive teams in the nfc from week one minnesota goes east to take on the eagles in philly uh we saw this open at three and it's really been mostly viking traffic here two two and a half the number out there with a total of 50 and a half
2: yeah absolutely and this is a great example of you know, taking a position on a game that you may not even have handicapped, but you just know trends in the right direction, right? So you know that betters love the Vikings. Bettors have always added it up and moved on the Vikings. Win total every single year under the Cousins era has crept up and up and up and closes almost always a a win to a half a win more than what it opens. Um, Last week, you saw them installed as two and a half point dogs. They end up closing right around two point favorites. Um, So you know that people are going to gravitate towards Minnesota, uh, you know, right before I went to bed Sunday, I found some plus threes with Minnesota at minus 110. I looked over at Pinnacle Sports. I looked over at Bet Chris. I looked over at some of the other sports books, and that was already at minus 120. I grabbed a plus three with Minnesota at minus 110, thinking that it would get down. And now we also know that there's there's big-time betting groups that like to bet the Eagles late in the week. So uh, I would say, any if anything, you want to take the Eagles now. Minnesota is soft against the run. You saw it a little bit against Green Bay. Green Bay didn't commit to it that much, and they didn't have a lot of success the rest of their offense. I think it's a tough matchup for the Vikings. I I do think they'll keep it close because their offense is great, and Philadelphia's defense, as we saw last week, isn't the best thing in the world. But I think Philadelphia's going to be able to control the game. I think they win. I think they cover the minus two. Um, But, but again, it's nice to also have a little bit of Vikings at plus three, given how much that three matters, uh, which is long gone in the market. We're talking once again to Eric Eager. Eric, you know, especially the the
4: way I like to handicap college football, you know, the situational spots is one way I always like to look. And then also the overreactions, right? Okay, what did we see last? And, you know, is the market going to go, you know, overboard? And, And that's where Arizona is an intriguing situation. So they're coming to here to Las Vegas. And over the summer, when these, you know, game of the year lines opened or, you know, when they put out, uh, I think a, a couple books in town put out every line for every game, and you could bet them all. Uh, it was Las Vegas minus two. And and then later in the summer, it got to two and a half. Then it comes down, gets reposted before the start of the season. It's three. Comes down again and reposted on Monday at around three and a half and keeps on getting bet up to five and a half. So, you know, when you look at this situation for Arizona, who looked terrible, but a lot of teams look terrible when you face – Patrick Mahomes, and certainly it feels like a very motivated Patrick Mahomes this year. Eric, is this an overreaction to have the Arizona Cardinals catching five and a half against the Raiders?
2: I I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, and I and I also wonder just from a the perspective of last week, like what did the what did the Raiders do that makes you believe that you know they they lost less value, I guess, than the the Arizona Cardinals said, like you know. They couldn't protect their quarterback. They couldn't cover on the back end. They have all the same problems that Arizona has. They have, you know, I think Arizona has a slightly better quarterback, maybe a little bit worse supporting cast. These two teams are kind of the Spider Man meme, and you think uh, Arizona is also relatively close to Las Vegas. Will the home field advantage uh, be that substantial uh, for the Birds? To me, the bet to make in this game, though, you're only getting five and a half unless you go to like Pinnacle Sports at minus 125 or so to get plus six, take the Cardinals plus three, first half minus one Oh five. I think that that's a really good play. It was a great play on Monday night. When you looked at, you know, the, uh, a short, you know, six ish point, uh, dog, sorry in Seattle. Now Seattle ends up winning outright, but they actually did outplay the Broncos in the first half. Um, they got lucky in the second half. I I think that's where you see here. You see a Cardinals team that is going to come out of the gate and, and really put the foot down a little bit and, um does it sustain itself maybe not but at least in the first half you're getting a full field goal in that We're talking once again to Eric Eager Eric before we let you
4: run uh, another maybe uh I would say the public will will be loading up on a short home dog in Pittsburgh that would be my guess they win they beat Cincinnati people don't really care how it played out they just said oh they beat Cincinnati and the Patriots looked awful so final 45 seconds we've actually seen backing in the market with New England do you feel like that's the right side on
2: Sunday I don't actually, because I think that the problem here is that uh, the problem, neither one of these teams really inspired confidence in me last week. The Steelers were opportunistic, um, and, and so that helps, but they're without DJ Watt now. Uh, this week, uh, the Patriots had less going for them than even the, the final score of 20-7 to 7 implied. They only gave up the one touchdown, but that was because of a lot of misses by Tonga vailoa the football so I, I don't know if I like either side of this game I I honestly long term for both of these teams kind of hate them uh, <laughs> in, in the AFC uh, I think I maybe hate the Patriots more though Eric congrats on the uh,
4: on the new opportunity we'll talk to you next week hey guys thanks for having me on take care there he is Eric Eager it is prime Time.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign in to your BetMGM account and click on Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus, and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Alongside Jeff Parles, sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray. It is VEASAN primetime here on VEASAN, presented by BetMGM. We're watching the final moments. Uh, I guess not final moments, but uh, inching close towards that as the Mariners trying to, uh, I believe, split a two-game series with the San Diego Padres. They lead 6-1 to one in uh, in this one. And you were mentioning it during the break. Hard to believe, but the Brewers, the way that they've been playing, Jeff, still in it, uh, if this uh, result holds true, and the Milwaukee Brewers, with Corbin Burns on the hill, get it done tonight. Uh, they're only one game back of that final wild card spot. It's really the only playoff spot that's
5: in doubt. I know, obviously, there's an intense race in the NL East, and they're juggling for position in the AL wild card. But other than that, uh, uh, other than that, it's the Brewers are the Padres, and I guess you could technically throw the Phillies in there as well. Sure, but. It's really two of
4: those three will make. Yeah,
5: it. like we know, we know. I think we know eleven of the twelve playoff teams at this point. The only ones that we don't is will San Diego hold off Milwaukee? And again, second consecutive year where the Padres have really, uh, really collapsed down the stretch. Not quite as bad, obviously, last year where they won six games in September. But again, a the, the team they're much talent, much more talented than the Milwaukee. And they're not.
4: Not doing the thing yet. Yeah, you mentioned the NL East. The NL East is fascinating uh, because of the importance of winning that division, earning that first-round bye, as opposed to now, uh, if they were to fall into that wild-card spot, they're, because of the record of the Mets and Braves, they'll have the top wild-card, meaning they'll host uh, the, what, fifth? The five seed. Either the Phillies, the Phillies or the or Padres, Padres, depending yeah. on how that all plays out. I guess maybe the Brewers. Um, but, you know, it reminds me... Uh, maybe this will be our pro tip later of this hour is, you know, just, you know, remember the Brewers had a big lead early on in this year and um, you know the Mets had a pretty sizable lead in their division. It just, it reminds me, just don't get a little too, too crazy. You know what I'm saying, Jeff? Like don't, don't make outlandish predictions like, like this one from May of last year. Oh, do, yeah. do we have this clip <laughs> written? Uh, let's see. Um... Just, just, don't. Just, this is this is last year. I, I don't know if you recognize any of these faces. Before we bring in our next guest, Jeff, I would just like you to reiterate what did you say about the Mets and and your confidence level. Uh, that I am oddly confident that they
5: are going to win the division. Pretty... First time since the first time I've been this confident since 06, which was the best Mets team of my lifetime. Again, I was born in '93, so I wasn't around for. For 86 or uh, or 69. All right, let's
4: bring in our next guest. He is uh, Stanford Steve. Steve Coglin, <laughs> contributor, Daily Wager. We will cut it there. Uh, Stanford Steve, just uh, talk some sense. Oh, he
5: lambasted me, into young,
4: uh Into young Jeff. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that's our pro tip. Don't make bold proclamations in June about Major League Baseball. I- I'll-, I'll say that because, Jeff, remind the folks how the Mets finished last year. Oh, it was ugly. It
5: was ugly, almost as well, not quite as ugly as what's going on right now, but uh, pretty ugly last year, where them and the Padres both just forgot how baseball worked the last six weeks of the season. The, the one difference this year, though, Tim, is I have good NL East numbers on the Mets right now. I'm sitting on a pair of plus 240s that I got early, early, early the, uh, around the DeGrom injury before the season. And if those don't get home with a 10-and-a-half-game lead at one point this year, that would really be frustrating. That would be real frustrating.
4: That, yeah, uh, and uh, good news for your uh, Mets there. They did, the Braves uh, actually the Braves, lost game. The Braves lost today. Um, so that is uh, that is good news. Fortunately for the Mets, uh, they're playing the Cubs, which actually hasn't worked out all that well because uh, yesterday this was also pointed out on Twitter uh, as minus 455 favorites uh, he was the biggest favorite of the season, and they lost the old Mets. Did, I, I,
5: I'm surprised that, he, that DeGrom actually closed a bigger favorite yesterday than he did in his first start of the, the year against Washington. But lost, Washington well, won. Didn't, he didn't lose it. No, the, the, the Mets bullpen lost that game, but the Mets didn't lose as, as a ginormous favorite. I, again, the Mets are... Mets are heading for a train wreck here this week because the Cubs have taken the Bassett and the ground games in this series.
4: How about this? And I'll, have David Peterson tonight for New York. I'll give you I'll give you another pro tip. Please. At minus four dollars or shorter, don't bet the favorite. They are just <laughs> four and four this year. So if you had just taken a plus what on the on the buyback, like plus three thirty, plus three fifty or so. Um, you're, you're in great shape. You're in great it? shape. Four and four with plus 350. So there you go. You don't even need the, the money line in that spot.
5: You just it, even take the big plus price on the run line, too. See?
4: Like You even lose the game by a run and get home. See? Look at that. Multiple pro tips yeah, there we for go. you. Uh, that was our pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN. Across every show, so that means at least twenty every day. They're available for Vison Pro subscribers only at vison.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. Uh, coming up top of the hour, we'll revisit uh, some uh, injury news. The Buccaneers uh, injury list is—it looks like a CVS receipt. I mean, it is that long. It's not good. No, it is not great. Good news out of Baltimore: J.K. Dobbins did was a full participant in practice. Uh, so great news there for the Baltimore Ravens who were able to win, uh, thankfully. Thank you, Baltimore. Uh, win in week one, uh, as we've certainly talked about Survivor. But just to kind of wrap things up here uh, on uh, uh, in hour one, Jeff, with uh, with a little baseball chatter. Um, Aaron Judge, 57 home runs. I feel like it's not if, but it's, uh, it's not if anymore. It's when will he break the Maris? When? Oh, yeah. 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 No, I I, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you. It
5: It doesn't seem like that take is out there as much as it should be at this point because the man is playing in a softball stadium on top of it. Yeah. So you get an easy, an extra one or two in those remaining home games. I would love to see someone with a prop on that of when, what, what the date is, because I would go with. I would go that he breaks it in the last six games.
4: Okay. Of the season. So the last six games, so yep. he has three games at home against Baltimore, the thirtieth, the first, and the second. And they finish the fu- season at Texas. That's right. So last four. So I'll say that he breaks it at home against Baltimore, one of those three games. Do you know what? Thinking a little, about little it, synergy there. Thinking
5: about it that way, Tim, you're probably that's probably the series it has to happen in because if the Yankees have the ALE's wrap. They're not catching the Astros. How much of a judge do we see in those last four games?
4: Well, they're going to play him to break the record. Well, he
5: just—he's going to DH if yeah. they're going to do that. But he probably all four. There's four games in three days, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe he's only getting three games in three days.
4: So when you look at the playoff landscape right now, mm-hmm. where we stand, middle middle of September right now, uh, as you mentioned, the AL is pretty much wrapped up except for seeding purposes. Blue Jays, Rays, and Mariners are all in pretty good shape. Blue Jays, uh, Rays, Mariners, and Blue Jays are all within a half game, so you are gonna all be kind of jockeying for position there for the wild cards. But the divisions: Guardians have four games clear of the White Sox. Uh, Astros are gonna lock that thing up. Yankees should lock that up. Uh, Pennant wise, anyone intrigue you coming out of the AL? I know there was a lot of chatter early on about the Mariners. I'd love to see it; they'd be a fun team to to back. Our good friend Joe Fan, I'm sure, might lose his mind, and you know, I don't know what he would do. But uh, what would you look at in the AL if you were to look at a pennant price?
5: I, I would only have to look at Seattle. Yeah. That's probably the only one because you look at the other two teams in that wild card chase, which are which are Toronto and Tampa. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tampa has the lineup to do it. And I don't trust Toronto, even though it's so weird with Toronto, where you have two guys in Bono and Gosman who you trust. But then after that, you have no faith in their pitching, period. Especially their starters with Barrios being a mess this year. And then, I mean, Ross Stripling might be the Game 3 starter at this point. But I would only look at Seattle. I, I tried to get there with the Guardians, actually. But I just not enough firepower in the end. And it wouldn't shock me if they go out to whoever they play in a three-six.
4: Yeah, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of thought that the the six-seed is going to be thrilled to face the They're Guardians. They're going to be favored, probably, uh, in the yeah, three-game I, I would think that is a, absolutely a, a fair discussion. Final baseball thought. Board about to uh, start up here at the 7 o'clock Eastern slate. Uh rays and blue jays intrigue you it's the
5: only the only one on the board that even remotely intrigued me rasmussen has pitched very well the last six weeks going against stripling small plus price on tampa that'd be the only way i look
3: all right
4: fire up the rays see sean's out but we still got the tampa flavor it's visa prime time back to the nfl top of the hour